Welcome everybody to Blue Bag in the Middle Year and for all things racing. Of course, with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? Oh, I'm better now that Martinsville's done and over with. <laughs> uh, How are you feeling after did you just get off work last night? Work all night long? Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> work all night long, then got to come in and talk shop on podcast. I'd, so. I'd, I'd rather do the podcast and go to work. Though. Well, That's yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. You know, I just, one of these days we'll hit the lottery. One of these days. And we will. can just do a podcast three days of the week. There we go. We'll do it from the road. Cause if I, we hit the lottery, I'll be moving, I'll be moving back where you're at. We're going to be racing five <laughs> nights a week. So I'm fine with that too. Yeah. I haven't told the family yet, but they'll, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be forewarned uh, when it happens. Well, they right? have a choice. Though. Yeah, That's okay. They won't, they won't, they won't. <laughs> My, my son's still underage and it's just like, Hey, we're going, sorry, dude, whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah. So a bunch of stuff to get into. We got to cover the NASCAR race at Martinsville. As Keith said, I just started to talk about, uh, definitely a lot to talk there. We got our NASCAR pick them, our hit or miss, and then we'll be talking our goat of the week. But before we get into all that stuff, like I said, we got to talk about Martinsville and Keith, did you see Martinsville last week? I wish I didn't, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so we had some interesting stats that came out. Of course, we're we're at this point now where um, after each and every race, it's it's become a real, um, how do I say this, bitch fest. And what I mean by that is, is not what you were just saying, where it's like, uh, kind of, the race was kind of boring, but where we have, it's like this thing on Twitter or the social media pages where all of a sudden it's just every single person who comes out and they're just saying, basically they're kind of regurgitating something. And what I mean by that is, is Denny Hamlin's quoted after the race, this, you know, not, not liking it, not working, whatever, this needs to change. And then you just get a bunch of people who retweet it. And then what happens is you have people on the other side of the aisle who come back with all these worthless stats to try to prove their position which is no 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 the racing is great right oh there was two thousand passes at martinsville okay where were the passes right if you weren't there physically at the track watching it then you didn't see two thousand passes i can tell you not i did not see two thousand passes i saw some passing there was some passing i mean tony stewart said it best we're racing here we're not passing do you want to pass you can go out to i-69 and we can pass all day right like that and there's a lot of truth in that um you know, one of the things about NASCAR that we've talked about, both me and Keith here, ad nauseum on this pod, is the fact that it is the premier series. It should be hard, right? It should be hard to pass people, okay? Ryan Priest, phenomenal start. Dude was the dominant car for the first third half of that race, right? And then what happened? He messed up. He dropped the ball. He sped on pit road, went to the back of the pack. For those of you who think because he had been leading that now he should just pass 30 cars and win the race, dude, those days are gone. They've been gone, right? Like this isn't something new. Those things, those days have been gone. You haven't been able to just work yourself through the field in 50 laps, right? That's been possible. I mean, you can do that at what, Talladega? like early 2000s, right? Like you haven't been able to do that for a very, very long period of time, okay? This is NASCAR. Remember, these are the best drivers in the world, right? At this type of racing. You're not just gonna go out there and just pick them off one at a time, right? Two cars a lap until you're in the lead. It's not gonna happen. So if you wanna win, you have to execute on every single level, which is the way that it should be, okay? Yes, if you are a, super talented skilled driver, right? 
if you're a Kevin Harvick or a Denny Hamill, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, right? Pick your top driver. If your car's not handling perfect, they should be able to have the ability with the car to be able to get a good finish. We saw that with Chase Elliott this last week. Broken leg and all, right? Had been complaining most of the race that his car did not feel good. Felt too stiff, was not feeling good, did not like it. And what happened, right? They get a top 10 finish. They rally throughout the day. They work on it. They adjust on it. Final run, he goes from like 18th to 10th, right? Passes some cars. That's great. Now, if you were watching it on TV, you didn't really see all of those passes, right? You didn't really see everything, but you knew it was happening. You saw some of it, okay? But when you are focused on the front of the pack and essentially what it, the way that the racing looks, right? If I sat somebody down who wasn't too familiar, right? If I sat my... My parents would be a really good example. My parents watched NASCAR with me every Sunday in the late 90s, early 2000s until, you know, when Dale Earnhardt died, everything started going downhill and my folks were following it till about 08, 09. And then they were like, this sucks now because I was saying the same thing. I'm like, man, this kind of sucks now. I don't really, this, this is boring. I don't like the COT car. It's, this sucks. And they stopped. But if I took them today and sat them down on the couch and we watched a race, all right, and we watched a Fox broadcast or whatever. For the most part, they're at the end of the race, they're going to be like, hey, you know, whoever that car is that gets out in front just seems to really be fast. It has a real advantage, even if they're not the best car, right? The, the clean air aspect seems to really make a huge difference right now. And that's my biggest thing is, is that even if you have a better driver or a better car, there seems to be the, that advantage to being up front. Almost to a fault. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, you want to be up front. You better qualify up front, right? Once again, we talked about it. You got to execute on every level. But when you got people who got tired, you know, 40 lap older tires and they can hold other people off, I there there's there's some issues with that. So I'm not going to do what everybody else has done this weekend. They've come out and, you know, we need more horsepower. We need this. We need to change this. We need to change this. NASCAR's put themselves in this box. Okay. They really have. You can't, you can't just do that stuff no more. When you've got all these single source suppliers, you can't just go out and say, Hey, look, man, we're going to take off this tapered spacer that they, cause that's essentially what is running on these motors right now. They're essentially the same exact motor as they were when they were at 800, 900 horsepower. It's just got this tapered spacer on it. They're choking it down, but you can't just take that off and be like, all right, man, 900 horsepower now. Because what the teams have done over all these years is they have optimized these motors to run at 670 horsepower. That's what they've done, right? They're getting everything they can out of the components that they have in that motor to maximize 670 horsepower, right? I mean, it's everything from the cams, the valves, you name it, right? The pistons, the rings, every single aspect that they can get right with the, the manufacturers, they are getting the most that they possibly can out of that what they've got, right? Out of the, the the rules that they are dealing with when it comes to that 670 package. So you can't just take it off and be like, all right, man, you guys got 800 horsepower. As much as I would love to see that, you can't just do that because those components, for the most part, are not going to make it. They're not going to last. You're going to see engine blowups. You're going to see a lot of issues, okay? So if they wanted to do that, which, look, I'm all for. I would love to, me and Keith to talk about, Keith, how much would you love to see these things back at 900 horsepower? Right, uh, I'd pay a, a lot of money to I, see I, it. I would love it too because I think that there should. I think that when I've got forty to fifty laps on my tires, right, 
if I go to downshift app, you want to get rid of the shifting, get, give them more horsepower. You grab a gear, you <laughs> slam that thing down into second gear, all right, on old tires with 900 horsepower and then hit the throttle. See what happens, all right? You better have a stiff-ass spring on that throttle body or you're going to be spinning not just the tires, you're going to be spinning out the car, right? So I would love to see that, but I also don't want to just see the cars grenade out there because they're all of a sudden running all this horsepower. So you've got to give them a chance to get acclimated to that because even if they do that, right, um, like they, what Pockers posted from the, uh, who was that from Hendrick, uh, their president of operations or something like that, who said it's going to take six months, right? A year for us to be able to get the components, get the parts for that. So, I mean, look, I'd love to see it, right? But they've got to make those changes and they got to make them now. But even if they did that, it's not going to fix everything, right? You think clean air matters now with 670 horsepower? What do you think it's going to mean when you've got 800 horsepower? How much more valuable is that clean air going to be if you've got 800 horsepower? That's going to be everything, right? Everything. Just think about now you're in a reduced downforce uh car with 800 horsepower and everyone but the leader is in dirty air i that's huge because i can tell you right now from a sim racing aspect it's enormous right i can't imagine what it would be in real life so when you look at just like, all right, we just need more horsepower, there, there's going to be unintended consequences with that. This is one of the things that, for some reason, we can't get over with when it comes to NASCAR. We see this all the time, right? Where it was like, oh, well, you know, we could look years ago. We need to cut the horsepower to 550, get more manufacturers in here. It'll, you know, lower the cost. And what was the unintended consequences of that? The racing sucked. We ended up having to do stage races because what happened? We saw this shit where everyone just gets spread out. The racing absolutely sucked, right? It wasn't fun. It was horrible. They would be holding it wide open at just about every damn track that was over a mile in size. It was horrible. It absolutely just, it was one of the, one of the worst things that they ever did to the sport. It was absolutely horrible, right? Unintended consequences. What came out of that though? Right. Look at what's come out of that, where we look at this new car. We've got this next gen car. We've got all these new improvements, all this stuff. And now these things are so fucking good that you have to almost like try to mess up. We saw Corey LaJoy and Kyle Busch slamming each other and Bush got him good. What LaJoy do? Right. Slam that thing down in the first gear, stomp the throttle and it was gone. Yeah, he lost spots, but dude. Back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I'm talking just a couple years ago, you couldn't do that, right, without losing 20 positions at Martinsville. Now you grab a gear and you're gone. So it's way more than just a horsepower issue. Another thing, right, you want to fix this fast? Well, we need to look at other stuff besides horsepower. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I would love to see 1,000 horsepower. I absolutely would. I think I the that. fact... The, the fact that they had lower horsepower than the Xfinity series was a joke. But anyways, what were you saying, Keith? I know that's what Kevin Harvick's lobbying for. A thousand yeah. horsepower spec engine. Yeah. Is that order right now. Yeah, I, I would love to see that because to me, the top series should have the most horsepower, right? When you get into F1, they're not, hey, these things actually have 100 horsepower less than F2, right? They, you don't do that. Okay. There's no, there's no race. You don't, the world of outlaws do not run three sixties and all the local shows run four tens, right? It's the other way around. So 
there's no reason for the, the Cup Series to not have increased horsepower, right? But if you want to fix it now, look at the... Look at the other issues that are out there. First of all, the tire, I think a lot could be done if they could just improve the tire wear. I really do. Now, I've heard all kinds of arguments. This week was a very unique week because um, normally I hold off listening to all of the racing pods until today. I like to come in, record our podcast, and then I listen to them. I actually listened to uh, Actions Detrimental and the Dale Jr. download yesterday at least the first episode of the Dell Jr. download this week, because I there was so much news that I was seeing and so many comments on things that those guys had said uh, that I was like, I got to see what's going on, okay? And one of the things that Dale Jr. talked about was in the improvements and all the improvements in the brakes, all this stuff that we've done. Right? When we look at the tire, okay, this is, you don't need to be a race engineer to understand this. If you widen the contact patch, all right, by a ton, okay, and then you increase the 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 aerodynamics to it. And even though they've decreased on the short track package, how much aerodynamics are you getting at Martinsville, right? Like, it, let's be honest here. And then you add the shifting, right? You drastically improve the brakes. The brakes are so much better now. They're like GT3 brakes, man. They're they're essentially elite road racing brakes. Like the only brakes that are going to be better than what's on a Cup car right now is literally like you know. LMPs, LMP2s, F1, right? Like you're talking like the elite road racing cars. Like the brakes on these things are insane. So when you do that, what it's going to do is it's going to have an effect that's going to even look, it's going to make the 670 horsepower that they do have look like it's even less. So I think one of the quickest, easiest ways that they could fix this problem would be to put a tire on the car that can drastically fall off and has reduced grip. Okay, I think that would be a massive improvement. We saw in the truck race. Keith, did you watch the truck race when they had the rain tires on? Uh, yeah, we that, need a softer compound. Yeah, that might have been some of the best racing we've seen. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean? Like, the, seriously. Between the tire fall off and the lap time fall off. Yes. It was incredible. I was like, damn, this is actually really good. And what, what it made me think of is, remember back in the sprint car days where you had multiple compounds to choose mm -hmm. from? Yes. You had to choose wisely. I think, and then, shouldn't be too hard for Goodyear to come up with a soft compound, something that just ain't going to last 180 laps because there's no reason for a car to yes. stay out on 70 lap old tires and run in the top five. I yeah. just, that, that blows my mind. And then what, uh, I liked what Dale Jr. was saying about the brakes. Cause you can't, you can't outbreak anybody anymore. No, can't. it's physically impossible. No, but the brakes are too good. They're way too good. And maybe Maybe start running the rain tire when it's dry. I, I think that would be awesome. I really do. I think that would be incredible because this talk of, and I've heard multiple people say this, right? Goodyear is not going to bring a tire that has the potential to blow up or, you know, cause wrecks or, or issues or wear out too fast because this is how they market their business. This is at, they make no money in NASCAR. This is purely marketing and advertising. Folks, I'm going to let you in on a little secret right now. If you are one of those people who's sitting there watching a NASCAR race and all of a sudden you're like, dude, those Goodyear racing tires are wearing out a little too fast for my liking. I'm not going to go put them on my F-150 sitting outside. I'm sorry. Like 
you're an idiot. Okay. You're a moron. All right. The days of win on Sunday, sell on Monday have been gone for so long. They're gone for so long, right? If people are Chevy fans or Ford fans, whatever, they are what they are and they root for their drivers. And if they're going to go buy a car on Monday, right, they're going to go buy what they want. They're not going to do what they used to do where it's like, man, Dale Earnhardt looking good in them Chevys. I'm going to get me a Chevy, right? The days are gone. They've been gone. And if you are sitting there watching the television going, oh man, I need to get some Firestones because this Goodyear's wear out too fast, then you're an idiot. All right. And Goodyear, like if that's the crowd that you're, that you're uh, worried about, like, what are we doing? Like, seriously, what are we doing? Right? Like, let's really think about this. Okay? If me, some, you know, nobody yokel in the armpit of the United States known as Northern California can actually sit down and figure out in my own telemetry workbook that increasing the contact patch the way that you have is going to drastically improve the braking and the grip and everything else. How is it that you guys can't figure that out? How is it? It's, 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 it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Right? And this is racing. Like, I get it. Safety matters and all stuff like this, right? But it's not like, <laughs> it's not like if you create a tire that's going to wear out, you're all of a sudden going to have tires exploding after five laps. We've got guys out there on 50, 60, 80 lap tires, and they're going just as fast as a leader. If not faster. Yes. Like, what are we doing? So it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's got to be crazy, insane tire that lasts forever or grenades after five laps, right? Like, there's some gray area. There's got to be some gray area. I'm sure there's a little bit of wiggle room in there, right? I don't got to be a Goodyear engineer to, to, to probably be right on that. So... There's ways to fix this that is much quicker. We used to see this happen all the time where it'd be like, Goodyear's bringing a different tire to the track this week. Okay, go for it. Like, and, do and it. Here's, and here's the thing. How hard would it be to do a tire test somewhere with a softer compound just to see? Yes. That, that'd be the perfect time to do it. Not exactly. Pull a, not pull an Indianapolis debacle where you got a tire blowed out every 10 laps. Yeah. I, I seen a tweet <laughs> from somebody. And I'm not going to name the name because I know the person. He thinks that just change the gear ratio. It, it's a little harder than just changing the gear ratio with the new car now. I'm just going to throw that out there. It is. It's 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 way harder than changing the gear ratio. Um, and it's not just about the gear ratio. It's about the se sequential shifting, right? When you had the H pattern shifter, your shift time was was drastically more than a, than a, uh, a sequential shifter. It really was, right? When you start talking tenths of a second, I know that doesn't seem like much in your passenger car. You're not going to probably notice a difference, right? But in a race car, that matters. When you talk about shifting four times at Martinsville versus not shifting at all, that's a huge, huge difference because there's this this pros and cons to shifting, right? Where when you shift, right, the, the engine braking, and depending on how you're doing, it really depends, right? Drift, different drivers have different styles. So for example, if you look at someone like Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick doesn't downshift until he's legitimately like at the apex of the corner, okay? Then he's downshifting and just basically stomping the gas pedal, right? Where you have someone like Orion Priest who's sh downshifting on his way into the corner, right? In the braking zone. And he's actually using the engine braking to help slow him down. Okay. It, one's not better than the other. They're both, they both can work and both can be extremely fast. It's just a matter of what you're wanting to do. But for both of them, when you shift, 
right? There's this thing that happens where that increase in RPM, it's going to slow you down before you pick up that throttle. The thing is, is now you can shift so quickly that that delay, right? That that drop off is so much faster than it used to be, right? With the H pattern shifters, even if you weren't downshifting using the clutch, you were just blipping the throttle. It was still slower, right? Couple hundreds of a second, but here's the thing: a couple hundreds of a second at a Martinsville is huge, right? When you're talking about doing, you know, 20 second laps, 19 second laps, a couple of hundreds, a tenth or two, that adds up. So it's not just a gear ratio thing, right? The sequential shifter has a big effect on it too. Um, you know, changing the gear ratio also when you've got the RPMs where they are now, the RPM cap, that's you, you that changes that as well. And on top of that, right, when you you've got you've got this entire package in these transaxles. Okay. That it, it's it's not like it used to be. Remember, they're not running basically a four nine-inch rear end with a standard, you know, four-speed transmission. Those days are gone. So it's this entire package where once again we get into the unintended consequences of hey, single supplier, right? Single source suppliers. Awesome, great idea. Let's get these cars more evened out. Let's let the drivers and the teams showcase their abilities. Well, now the issue is look, we want to make some changes. Well, you're gonna have to wait six months to a year before we can start bringing in the parts. And that is a big, big problem because now we have everybody complaining about the quality of the racing and nascar even if they want to make changes it's going to be at a glacially slow pace today's episode is brought to you by produxa look you guys when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces you pretty much have two options you can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there, uh, you know, do the old school like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally used this stuff and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff and we used it on my daughter's car and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, so let's get to the hit or miss portion of the show. We got some dirt stuff to cover um, this week. You know, we finally get some racing going on the dirt side, and then the damn rain comes again. Cancels Saturday night at I-55 with the Outlaws and the Extreme Outlaws. You know, we got late model races being rained out. It's just the damn weather, man. Really, uh, I hate yeah, <laughs> this time of the year always sucks. Like yeah. it's always exciting. Like yes, it's racing season, and then Mother Nature's like, well, you got to get through May first. Yeah, it, well, it seems like this year's been worse than normal. You know, it seems like this year we've seen a lot more rainouts than than normal. But I don't know. Maybe I maybe I just maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment. Anyways, uh, after winning his third race of the season, 
at I-55. Brad Sweet is now second in points, only 12 behind Carson Macedo for the lead. Keith, Brad Sweet will be leading the points one month from now when the Outlaws go to Attica Raceway Park. Hit or miss the mark? Man, that's tough. I, I gotta, it hits the mark. Brad Sweet's on a freaking tear right now. Talking about having momentum, he's got a ton of it, and unfortunately, but fortunately, I think I think uh yeah, I would definitely have the points lead, and I think I'll have it by an, an okay margin. Yeah, I think he's going to as well. Um, you know, Gravel got off to a good start. Gravel's already fallen back to third in points. I'm um, granted Gravel's only like twenty behind Macedo, but <laughs> to me, I to me, Brad Sweet has now reached that point that we saw Donnie shots in years ago. We saw Steve Kinsman years ago, where essentially it's, he is the champion until it is officially done that someone else has beat him. I'm that's just all there is to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, to me, it's, look, it's him. And look how many times they were in this situation before. Well, yeah. I and mean, look at last year, how when, rough of a season they had last yeah, year and they it, still pulled and it off. When everybody starts plateauing, they just pick it up a notch. Yep. It, it's like they're a step ahead of everybody at all times. Yep. So I'm with you, man. I think at Attica they'll have the points lead, and I think they're they'll. I think and if he score another one, and if he doesn't, I think it it goes from being 12 behind to to five. Yeah. Well, I think if he doesn't, I'm extremely excited because that's going to make it a fun summer, right? Yeah. You know, really fun summer. So, yeah, I would uh, I would not I'd, mind I'd, seeing a legitimate championship battle through the summer. I think that'd be awesome. I, I wish. I wish the Hodden Shield would just yeah. Make what Brad Sweet's doing. I feel like my heart's gonna get broken again this, <laughs> this fall, but it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't mind it. I like seeing Sweet win. So, all right. Speaking of winners, Kyle Larson won this week at Eldora in his very first UMP modified race, proving that he is already the greatest all-around dirt driver of all time hit or miss the mark i mean of course it's got to hit the mark but i think he proved that two years ago when he ran the sprint car full-time after he yeah we all know what happened with yeah the yeah one first I, late model race ever i mean it <laughs> just, just hops in a car it. and wins yeah he he's the the modern day jack hewitt i mean he really I, is he's the modern is day jack hewitt aj foyt right whoever you want to yeah, use yeah, right right insert any name from the 80s yep. That was on top of the game. I mean, it's just more modern now, and now it's bringing more attention to the dirt side, which I like. Yep. Thanks to Kyle. I mean, people can hate on him. Well, he's dropping down. He's going to run these dirt races. I love it. I think it's great. It's great for the dirt community. Without Kyle, we don't have all these eyes on the dirt racing. I mean. Well, not only uh, that, but anybody who says he's dropping down, it's not like he's going. It's not like he's running ARCA. He's right. running the major leagues of dirt. You know what I mean? Like, whoever, if you're saying he's dropping down, and I've seen that too, you're a tool. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, go get educated on, on the yeah. world. Yeah. Because that's like go saying that Macedo and Gravel and Hodden and Shield and Sweet, you're like, those guys are scrubs. He's just dropping right. down and beating them. Well, well and I <laughs> had this argument with somebody the other day. I told them, look, yeah, NASCAR is great, has a lot of good drivers. I was like, but. I think there's more great drivers in NASCAR. I think if you, you can go to any dirt track and you can find a superstar of that dirt track, 
I, yeah. That's just the way I feel. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I I think it hits the mark. Obviously, you know, he's so young that makes it difficult to, to say that. But when you look at his ability, I honestly think... Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be surprised if we see him in a big block modified one day. He'll probably win something in that. I'm sure, right? Tom, I'm sure, I'm sure Tom it is, right. right? You know, he's talking about um, running the Indy 500. That would not, sh- I mean, I know that's not dirt, but that wouldn't shock me at all. I think he's, like you said, I think he's going to do his, you know, the modern day Jack Hewitt run, right? The modern day Tony Stewart run, where he just hops into anything, races it, and is competitive, winning in it. So, I loved it. The fact that he hopped into a UMP modified at Eldora and then won, I thought was incredible. I really did. Um, it didn't and didn't win by a small margin. He whipped him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like straight up fucking whipped him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and keep in mind, right? We just talked about the top racers on dirt. You know, I mean, look, Travis Pastrana won down in Winter Nationals, right? Like Dirt Car Nationals in Florida. He won a race. Um, obviously, He's not Kyle Larson, but Kyle Larson for him to just add one more notch to it, to just be like, all right, now I'm going to hop in and do this. It just adds to his, uh, legacy. Right. And when you have someone like we talked about, like Jack Hewitt, right. Who, you know, when you had the four crown and he showed up one, all four, it's, it's incredible. And I think to me, Larson is one of the, the few people on that list who it's like, you know, I would put him in anything and be confident. Yeah, and and there's one other guy floating out there that I think could do the same thing if given the opportunity. That's Tyler Courtney. Yeah, Tyler Courtney. I've been really you, impressed with that dude, man. You, you find these generational dirt racers. They only come around every once in a while. And when Tyler Courtney was given the opportunity, I mean, unfortunately, it came because of Brian Clausen passing away. Yep. If it wasn't for that, nobody know who Tyler Courtney is today. Yep. So it, and we only see these generational guys every once in a while, like Michael Kof, Buddy Kofoid, blew yep. onto the scene, and now he's just kind of plateaued a little bit. That's not no takeaway from him, but you get these high level dirt guys like the Kyle Larson and the Tyler Courtneys that can jump in damn near any type of dirt car. Yep. And run just as fast, if not faster. And and I think what makes the Larson modified win. A little more impressive modifieds are the hardest dirt cars to to drive yeah they're they're not easy man no he made it he made it look easy though yes he did he did as he does with most things so yeah I, i'm pretty sure he could win in a uh in the uh kentucky derby probably uh, on a horse now <laughs> probably <laughs> all right moving on Ryan Blaney's 55 race winless streak will come to an end this Sunday at Talladega hit or miss the mark. As much as I am a fan of Ryan Blaney's because the Blaney family, the Blaney name, I yeah. gotta say, this is the mark. I mean, anything could happen at Talladega. I just, I think it's going to be harder this time than what it was with the old car. This yeah. new car, it's hard, to, it's hard to pass. So it's hard to do anything with this new car. It really is. You know, um, if you go back and you look at drivers like Blaney, right, with the Gen 6 car, you know, if they had a bad qualifying run, right, they were like 15th, maybe 20th, right? Now, if they have a bad qualifying run, they're like 
32nd, which is unheard of, you know, for guys like that. Um, if I had told you a couple of years ago that Ryan Blaney was going to go 55 races without a win, you'd be like, no, that's not going to happen. And here we are. So it's very difficult to do this. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, my heart says yes. I, I, I'm, Ryan Blaney is, I really like the dude. I root for him. Um, I Nothing would make me happier than to see him win this weekend. In fact, you know, spoiler alert, I'm picking him for my NASCAR pick him. But yeah, until we see it, it's just one of those things because like you said at Talladega, anything can happen. And the odds are that he won't end his streak, right? It'll continue. So I'm hoping he does, but yeah, I think you're right, man. I think it misses the mark. We're going to have to see it. All right, our fourth and final hit or miss of the show, RCR and the number three team received an L1 infraction for violating the overall assembly vehicle rules related to the underwing and hardware. We will see their full 60 60 driver points and five point playoff deduction stand even after RCR appeals it hit or miss the mark i think it's going to hit the mark i don't see them overturning it i would be very surprised i was gonna say it it misses that i i think that they're gonna overturn it just because of the stuff that's happened with hendrick but i think this is a little more severe than just the louvers well the thing is is that and and hopefully we'll get more information on it. But what was the issue, right? Are we are we seeing more and more of these suppliers giving out crap parts? Or are we seeing teams finding flaws and using that as an excuse to modify, right? Like that we always, we, we talk about all the time, right? You give teams an inch, they're going to take a mile. They are. So... What well, is it? Until we get more info, it's going to be hard to say. And if you show them the gray area, they're going to work in it and try to get out of the gray Oh, area. they're going to be spending and, 360s in it. I mean, let's let's just be honest here. Rules were created by race teams. Yes. I mean, they, they, they mm-hmm. really were. They weren't created by some Joe Blow. They no. put a standard out, and then the team started pushing the issue. I mean, yep. we see it every year. Yep. Every year. I mean... What I told a friend of mine, because we might have pushed some limits when I was racing go-karts, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yes. We talked about before. You push push to the enforcement. Exactly. Every team's cheating. Every team. Maybe not the Rick Wares or the Live Fast, or they're not cheating good enough, but every team's cheating. I mean, how we seen it with Kevin Harvick with the window bracing at Mm -hmm. Texas, I think it was, where they put a different material to where they broke and they dented in the rear window for more downforce. I mean, it's just cheating's a part of it. It's going to be a part of it. It's always going to be there. Yep. But innovation is part of the game. So yeah, they're innovators. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Let's be honest. So I think the penalty is going to, is going to hold up just because, um, I don't think NASCAR, obviously, remember, this is a, a a separate body, a separate entity. But after everything that happened with Hendrick and stuff like that, I think they're going to have to have a, a pretty damn compelling case um, 
you know, for this thing to be overturned. So we'll obviously see what happens. Hopefully some more information will come out on what it is exactly that was altered or messed with. But yeah, um, an L1 infraction, obviously a little bit different than an L2 infraction like the Hendrick cars received. So anyways, that's going to do it for hit or miss. And when we get back from the break, we're going to be doing our NASCAR pick them and our goat of the week picks. So stick around. All right, so now it is time for our NASCAR pickums. Um, last week, Keith, do you I picked Keselowski? I remember that now. You picked Keselowski. Fail. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's not like. I mean, he was running over. good. Yes, he's running really good. It just matter yes. of the racetrack they were at. And it's not, yeah, and it's not like my guy had the greatest race neither. I mean, Keselowski finished 24th, William Byron finished 23rd, right? So I legitimately beat you by one position. So, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. So the one week I beat you, it was because we were both, you know, at the back half of the field. Uh, So, yeah, uh, that was sheer, sheer luck on my part. So, for the season, um, for the regular season, you're still kicking my ass um, as you've won, you know, six weeks and I've won two. Um, and this week, for Talladega, I've already alluded to it, I'm going to be picking Ryan Blaney. I have not picked him yet. I've been saving him for this race. Because I am really hoping he turns in a solid. I would love to see him win. That's what I would. That's what I want to see more than anything to see him win. So hopefully he does. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. You've already picked Bubba Wallace. Oh, I did, didn't I? Well, damn. Um, Never mind. I'm not going to pick him. I was just (laughs) a practice run. (laughs) I'm going to go with... uh, yeah, Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell. Okay. All right. So I've got Blaney. You've got McDowell. And we'll see what happens. I like the McDowell pick. He's done pretty well at the super, you know, the restrictor plate races before. Yeah, he's um, a good sleeper. He he just seems like he, he stays out of trouble and he's there when it matters. He's a lot like the closer Kevin Harvick, he's just yeah. he hangs out to the end. Yeah. Which is um which is good because you know when you think about these restrictor plate races like we've talked about before, there's so much of it that is luck. Um you if there's a week to pick somebody a little bit you know, off the beaten path, this is the week to do it, right? Daytona, Talladega, because you just don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I like it, man. That's a good pick. So, to wrap up this week's show, we are going to be doing our GOAT of the week, which is, we've talked about before, a play on the whole media. Every time anything happens, is this person the greatest of all time? Um, So, Keith, who is your goat of the week? Oh, I'm gonna go uh, in a way different direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Ryan Priest is my goat of the week. Nice, I they, like uh, it. 
they were really fast at Martinsville. He got his first pole, I think, his first career pole, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, dominated the first half of the race. Um, unfortunately, got a speeding penalty, got pushed all the way to the back, and could never regain to get back up to the front. I think he got as high as like the 20th position, and I think that's a big fucking problem. I think if you have the fastest car there, it shouldn't be that hard to pass. But unfortunately, we live in a world where it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I really feel like Ryan Priest has been very under underestimated this season. Um, I know he hasn't had it. some of the finishes that he probably wouldn't want. I know he's been wrecked out of a lot of races. Or not, not even really a lot. He's been wrecked out. Of the road course race, and I think uh, Daytona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he is showing that he is better than Cole Custer by a landslide. Um, they just need to have a little bit of good luck on their side, and I think they'll be fine. I, I think Ryan's really shown his true potential in the 41. Um, I think Kevin deserves a lot of credit on dragging Ryan Priest over to Stuart Haas last year as a test driver. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta go with Priest. Yeah. Um they 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 showed me a lot at Martinsville and shame on fucking Fox Sports for not interviewing the pole sitter. Yeah. I like that pick. That's a good one, man. Yeah, Ryan Priest did have a really good uh really good race. Um it was a shame that he got that speeding penalty at the end. That was a bummer, but yeah. And I think it was a bogus speeding penalty because if you watch the race all he did was went out of the first box in front of him. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that, but I've seen it done at Martinsville before. Well, that, see, here's the thing. So, talking the, about the gray area. <laughs> well, the first box, so the way that Martinsville Pit Road is now, the first box on Pit Road used to be the second box. You see, the first box, one of the best things about being number one on Pit Road is, is that after your pit stop, you're so close to the line that you can just basically drop the hammer and you're gone and you're not going to speed. Martinsville's yeah. a little bit different because that extra box there in front of you, which is another, what, 24 feet, 25 feet, that increases the distance to where now you can speed. And he did. He was speeding off pit road um, by like four miles per hour or something. And keep in mind, they're also given a gray area. They're given a couple miles per hour gray area. So yeah. He was, he, was, speeding. he was over the gray area. Yeah, he was speeding, you know, which sucks. I mean, it does. It sucks. You know, like, I mean, I get it. He's been leading the race. He's up front, right? This is his chance. He's obviously the the car to beat. Pit stop. Let's get out there. He's just trying to beat them guys off, you know, and he speeds. And it's a, it's unfortunate, and it cost him the opportunity at a win, right? I mean, obviously, we can't say he would have won because we don't know that, but he had the opportunity to win. And it sucks, but he's definitely shown that he's got what it takes. And I, I think we'll see him back up there again. So, I, yeah. And to I be like honest, and, and not to get off the beaten path, but I think Stuart Haas showed a lot of people what they're capable of doing at Martinsville. Yep. 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 So my goat of the week is going to Tony Stewart his car owner, because the man won his first national event at the four wide nationals. And it's just official. There's nothing on earth that he cannot race and win in. If you did a freaking horse carriage race, I would pick Tony Stewart. All right. That's all there is to it. The dude is just insane. I out as a race car. I love the guy. 
to me, he is the epitome of what a race car driver is, right? He just is. If when the Whenever the day comes that I die and I go to whatever is beyond this life, when I get there and those people or spirits or whatever it is that you believe in are saying, hey, what's a race car driver? Tony Stewart is the description that I'm going to give. If I ever get abducted by aliens and they say, hey, what's this racing thing, right? I'm going to point to Tony Stewart and be like, that's all you need to know. Okay, like that, because he is the epitome of a race car driver. It does not matter what he's doing. He's good at it. He excels at it. And he does it with this like joy and love that is just incredible, right? Even when he was younger and a prick, right? And people were like, dude, this guy's an ass. He's still, he, he's still the, the, the love that he had for it was insane. Like you could not deny how much he loved it. Right. And I think there are some people who, when things aren't going good, they don't love it right? They, they're kind of just like, ah, this sucks, right? And he always, even when things were bad, he had a way that you could still see in him. Like this guy just loves racing. That's what he wants to do. He just loves racing, you know? So he is my goat of the week to see him win at the four wide nationals was absolutely incredible. If you haven't watched it, just go watch the highlights on YouTube. It's worth watching. And, uh, yeah, so hats off Tony Stewart. That's incredible that you got, uh, the win, uh, in the NHRA four wide nationals. So that it's awesome, man. So that's my pick for go to the week. I like it because not only is he a badass, but he is a, he's a, he's a true outlaw of racing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he is. So. I mean, I, I think if there's a high paying power wheel race somewhere, he'd probably win. He'd do it. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd race lawnmowers, shopping carts, whatever he'd do it. Oh yeah. Anything with wheels. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. So it's, and it's why to me, you know, he's like the epitome of a race car driver. I've always said that to me, Kenny Schrader is the epitome of a dirt driver, right? Where the dude, until he literally cannot get in a car anymore, will be at a dirt track racing. Like that's just what he'll be doing till the day he dies. And, you know, Tony Stewart's just one step above that. He's just the epitome of the all around race car driver. Um, where, you know, he'll just drive anything, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. It's awesome. So he was the Kyle Larson before Kyle Larson. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yep. He was. So anyways, that's going to do it for this week's show. So everybody out there, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy the races. Um, you know, obviously Talladega will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, the outlaws, we do got some racing coming up this weekend. Where are they headed? They're going to, uh, they're at, uh, are they at Knoxville this weekend? I think they're at Knoxville this yeah. weekend, right? Yep. 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 So they're at Knoxville this weekend. Um, the late models are going to, they're going to be at, what is it? Talladega short track. Is that the Talladega short track? I think they're also, at, so the late models are at four eleven speedway. Yes. And the late models are at Talladega the 21st and 22nd there we go so so yeah got some racing this weekend enjoy it i know i will be keith my man have a good weekend i will you have a good weekend also i will try i'll be working all weekend unfortunately but we will not be watching (laughs) we will not be watching the outlaws at knoxville it's been canceled it's been canceled it has been canceled i don't know why but i'm looking at the schedule and it's canceled (laughs) well that's a bummer so okay All right, then. Well...
Anyways, enjoy whatever racing is available, and uh, we will be back next week. Please like, share, download, subscribe, all that good stuff. Do all that for us, and we'll be back next week as always. Until then, Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Everybody out there, take care.